Maybe if <laughs> Vivian or Kit decided to drop their blouse, I don't know. Maybe maybe critics and audience would have liked it better than Trading Places. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guess what? This yeah. movie, The Hooker's going to get naked. Did you enjoy the search for the perfect rental on the new release wall? Were you nervous about late fees and forgetting to rewind? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Mike and Anthony Soda Pop Culture Club. Me, Mike, along with my co-host, Anthony. Ain't gonna have no money to get my kid the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu Grip. Our take on TV, movies, and all pop culture from the 80s, 90s, and beyond. And if you want all things Soda Pop Culture Club, go to sodapopcultureclub.com there you can see our episode schedule contact us and make movie suggestions we also encourage you to become a subscriber or follow the podcast on whatever platform you may have found us on and please share with your friends so they too can revel in the movies of the past additionally it would be lit if you follow our instagram at mike and anthony plus don't forget to rate the show yes damn me don't forget to rate the show on apple podcasts and leave us some comments as well, because that helps us grow the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. Got to get on there, leave them comments, rate that show. So if you want us to grow further and want us to be able to do this forever, you got to do your part. Forever. Right? Forever. Forever. That I may have made it to where people are like, if they're going to do this forever, I've got to stop it now. Yeah. No one comment ever. <laughs> gotta stop it now yeah i could see that <laughs> i think i actually started that i just all right i've been telling people that <laughs> yeah. don't comment on this shit because then i have to keep oh, doing well, it good for you i'm starting the revolution don't do that don't be that guy don't be the revolution however you are a revolution because you're gonna talk about a revolutionary movie tell us what it is today oh i will uh rags to riches and riches to rags all in the same movie we live in a different world now, but I can tell you right now, in 1983, we could have a comedy that made poor people, rich people, and rich people, poor people, and had hookers and more fucking racism than you knew what to do with. This is 1993's comedy classic, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ralph Bellamy, Don Amici, Denholm Elliott, Paul Gleason, Jim Belushi, Trading Places. And a cameo. Yeah, that was great. And Bo Diddley. I mean, you get the principle. Yeah, and Bo Diddley is the pawn shop guy. But you get the 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 principle uh, in um, uh, Breakfast Club. You know, before and, he was that, and the asshole yeah. coach in Johnny Be Good. Oh, which he is good at playing classic. an ass. Fish sticks. He is good at playing an ass. What the hey? Break out the fish sticks. Yeah, they. He had a type. He had a type, and he and he did it well. That's all I'm gonna say. So, um, we want to get into some uh, guessy guessy. Guessy guessy. Yesy yesy. Oh, I hit it too early. There you go. I hit it too early. You squished too soon. No, we got to hear that squish. I squished too soon. I've been told that. Um, I'm sure you have. So we're going to do some guessy guessy. Now, this is 1983. Yeah. So what do you think the budget is for this movie? Oh, shit. No clue. Uh, Let's say, God, I really don't know. Three and a half million. Actually, you're way under budget. It was 15 million. Really? It was fifteen million. Well, they had real actors in this. <laughs> they did. Well, I mean, actually, Jamie Lee Curtis was known. She did do. It was more horror, but she did that. Oh, she and was really. Eddie Murphy was this. actually coming up. She was really. Eddie known Murphy after was this. coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what a I'm saying. Of, so this to people, me, a lot of other people were coming up watching Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. <laughs> Yes, she, she's a hot little number. And I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not what do you think? Trying to be a pervert, but just 
Wow. Hey, remember the scream reference? Here's what I'm gonna say. Scream. She never went. uh, She never showed her tits till she went legits. Yes, but I'm gonna say this about Jamie Lee Curtis. I I applaud her and celebrate her because she she knew what she she wanted and and her career. She did what she wanted, and when she did True Lies, yeah, I was just gonna say that. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, she. I'm just gonna say, you know, kudos to her. If you've got that body. Make it work for you. Make it work for you. And she did. She did. I don't I don't shame anybody for that. What's uh what do you think they made on this though? What's the gross? Um let's see. 15 million. I don't it was I don't feel like it was a huge blockbuster. I don't remember. Uh, let's see. I don't know though. 83, it's hard because I know, but <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, naked. That's gotta bring in some dollars. I would hope. Eddie Murphy, Eddie really Murphy. famous. About fifty-six million. You are way light. Ninety point wow. four million. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm saying you're light on everything, but you're thinking eighty eighty-three dollars, and you didn't yeah. realize these had real eighty-three dollars. Like this was like right. a big time movie. Ninety point four million. There wasn't very many movies that went over a hundred million at that point. So right. That was a big deal for a comedy, anyways. Um. So. Thinking of all that, Rotten Tomatoes has their critic score. What do you think the average critic score is on there? Um, I'm going to say 83. You're a little light. 88. 88%. Okay. Which is not bad, but somehow they like this way better than Pretty Woman. (laughs) Go figure. God. Well, maybe. Racism and and ape fucking. (laughs) That's it for them. Apparently. Well, hey. Maybe if <laughs> Vivian or Kit decided to drop their blouse, I don't know. Maybe maybe critics and audience would have liked it better than Trading Places. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guess what? Yeah, this movie, know. The Hooker's going to get naked. Your movie, The Hooker's going to get naked. So there you go. I don't know. Is that why? No. <laughs> Your hooker. <laughs> You're right, man. So but what do you think the audience thought, though? What do you think the audience thought? Um, let's see. Your hooker theory is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) They always are. Um, I'm just going to randomly guess that it's a little less than the critics, but I don't know. It did well at the box office though. So I'm just going to just say it's a little less. I could be wrong. I'm going to say 85%. Fuck you. It's 84. Is it? Okay. 84, man. There we go. Yeah. Getting back on track. I know my hooker movies. Yeah. I was, you know, I was about to recommend that every time you get something right, we should, uh, we should have our people write into us and make a drawing that every time you get something right, we'll draw someone's name and send them a shirt. But if you do it, if you get it right so often, I wouldn't want to do that. Well, I'm not right. So <laughs> I don't want you to be wor- You mean I got to get it on the nose? But once every. Yes. Usually I get it on the nose. And that's not what yeah, I mean yeah, when yeah. I say yeah. that. He does get it on the nose. We all know that. Um, so I got a positive review for you. How about that? Derek Malcolm of The Guardian. Trading places in this of all Hollywood years is a joy to behold. Clever without being smart. Affectionate without being sentimental. They can make movies like they used to after all. That's what he says. Dave Kerr, though, of the Chicago Reader, has his negative point of view. He says, this 1983 film recreates a screwball comedy format and then eliminates everything but the crudest audience gratification elements. Any incursions into the more morally complicated side of the genre are quickly curtailed. So basically he thinks it's morally bereft and crude, you know, because their hooker got naked. That's where he's at. Well, Dan, yeah, you know, and I think one had naked hooker, one had clothed hooker, hooker. That's it. What was his name? <laughs> Which one? That that guy? Uh Dave Dave Kerr. Okay. Dave well, Kerr of I, the Chicago Reader. I do not concur, Dave Kerr. You're wrong. There you go. You got it right. All right, so we ready to go. Let's roll. Brothers Randolph and Mortimer Duke own a commodities brokerage firm. 
holding opposing views on the issue of nature versus nurture, they make a wager and agree to conduct an experiment switching the lives of two people on opposite sides of the social hierarchy and observing the results. They witness an encounter between their managing director, the well-mannered and educated Louis Winthorpe III, engaged to the Duke's grandniece Penelope, and a poor black street hustler named Billy Ray Valentine. Valentine is arrested at Winthorpe's insistence after the latter assumes he is being robbed. The Dukes decide to use the two men for their experiment. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun. How does that hit you? Like, this is a social commentary that when you, like, to me, this is the perfect movie that's good, but you can compare it to today's hot button issues and yeah. see the failures in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Sure um, can. The, the, the one they, thing I have, I, you probably the fact see, that they dropped the N word in this movie, that, that tells you which all about that. Oh, the, the old white dudes, the old crusty yeah. white dudes. Yes. You can actually drop the N word. Wow. Yeah, and, and both don't they brought, drop both in words? Um, they also use the term Negro as well. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do no, both. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. He does. Mortimer says yeah, it. Yeah, he does. So yeah, they they use they use uh, they use both the the hard the hard R N word and that one. So it, it's Crazy. definitely that. And and how how well does it age that an innocent black man who really didn't rob him? is being chased by cops and having guns pointed at him. It's like, I'm like, today's world, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Here's where it's like, and this is just me thinking out loud because I'm like, I find it weird that, first of all, the fact that they actually said that word in the movie is crazy, obviously today. But also- Even in 83. It's like weird that, you know, one of your two leads is Eddie Murphy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did he- did he have any say in that? Was he asked about that? Put it, you know what I mean? I just wonder about having that in there or maybe, or, what? or do they, you know, the thing, saying, is it like, is it almost like, are they like, it's okay for us to talk, do this. Cause the lead character is black. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that they, I don't that think that's what that? it is. Here's, know. here's, here's what I thought it was. I think they really wanted to drive home. Even then how, disconnected and how racist these two were right how they actually did not care and they were out of touch i think that even then that's what they were doing even yeah, though it. it it's hard for us to assume that but we know i think that's what it was i don't i think they really wanted you to be shocked oh my gosh they use this word and i think that's why eddie murphy be okay with it because yeah. he wants people to see that's very racist terminology and things um you know, the nature versus nurture thing. Um, that is an argument for sure. I will say that like people born into means it's a lot easier to, to maintain that than it is for somebody to gain it from a different environment where they don't get that support. I think that's where they're at. I think it, it is definitely an argument of how culturally disproportionate we are based on where the different races started even. I think that's a good commentary that it actually speaks to. I, I really like that. It is. It's just crazy. It's like, I mean, it's not like that word hasn't been used in movies since 1983 either, you know? No. And No, but it, 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 have yeah. people done it well? I don't know. You know, and that's the thing. It's like... It's a good, good question. Is it okay to say? No. But also at the same time when you're depending on what you're trying to depict in a movie, if that's what somebody would say, because yes, plenty of people still do say that, you know, if that's what you're, so it is. Yeah, they do. They do. Being realistic. Yeah. The, and, and like I said, that the nature versus nurture thing, if, if uh, Eddie Murphy's character, like they say was in his position, would he shine? I think there's a lot skipped over. You take two adults and do that. It's a lot different than if you were to tell me, show me an experiment where a kid who's born into everything like Winthrop, right. like when they're like six or seven and do that change. I think that's when you see the real changes because the behaviors can be instilled differently over time. I think that's the nature versus nurture argument, but um, I do like how it sets up the movie. I will so, say that. Now, my other thing I, I got to ask is um, Lewis, does he even put his own underwear on? Oh gosh. I'm like, that what dude, he's so he, soft. What does he do for himself? I, I just want to know. Cause like you see 
um, him being his butler, taking care of him and, you know, making his breakfast in bed and all of this stuff, putting his jacket and stuff on him and all this. I'm like, how many, like, you know, how many things does he do to personally take care of himself? Or how many things does he not do? I'm going to say this. I just wonder. I don't know about taking care of himself, but the one thing he does do himself is when Muffy says, I want you now, he does tell Coleman to leave and he does have the sex. He doesn't have Coleman do it for him. So there's that. (laughs) Maybe that's why Coleman was like, will you be needing me anymore tonight, sir? (laughs) Maybe he was just checking. He was just checking. Do you need a body double? He's the fluffer. He's the fluffer. Maybe. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, that that whole uh, first scene, like you said, it, it's it raises some questions. Are you ready for the next one? I'm just like watching him and then the Dukes. I can't wrap my mind around that type of life where, and I know people are like this, but where you literally can't and don't want to do a damn thing for yourself. I like can't they, see that. That you're okay having people like do all of those things for you. You know, like literally. Like having, let's call it what it is, slaves greet you, going out to your car, not even saying good morning back to any one of them. Paid they all, slaves. They all had to do it. In, they're still slaves to me. I mean, fuck it. Say what it is. They're, and it's like each one down the line saying good morning in order. It's like everybody has your time slot when you have to say good morning. And they just yeah. walk right by them too. Like, piece that's, of shit. That's not a, that's not a life. I don't know if I could live that way, it's but may, I'm not super wealthy and I'll never know how that works. That works. Um, you know, social hierarchy. Next we have the bet's been set for $1. So Winthorpe, Winthorpe is framed as a thief. We didn't know that till later. Huh? You don't know about that till later, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we do. Before they frame Winthorpe, they, they said, bet. Then they have to make for the, the usual amount. They don't say how oh, much. Yes. Well, fuck that. Everybody's seen this movie. They know it's a dollar. Go ahead. A dollar to make you holler. Winthorpe is framed <laughs> as a thief, drug dealer, and philanderer uh, <laughs> by Clarence Beeks, a.k.a. the principal from <laughs> The Breakfast Club. Uh, a man on the Duke's payroll. Yeah, you forgot his name, too. Huh? Dick. Uh, you forgot his name, oh, too. Dick, I know. some respect. Dick. Yes, there you go. Um, all right, so Winthorpe is fired from Duke and Duke. His bank accounts are frozen. He is denied entry to his Duke-owned home, and he is vilified by Penelope and his friends. He befriends Ophelia, a prostitute, a.k.a. Jamie Lee Curtis, topless in this movie. Sorry, I gotta let that go. Who helps him in exchange for a financial yeah. <laughs> reward and five, of five figures once he is exonerated. The Dukes post bail for Valentine. Install him with Winthorpe's former job and grant him use of Winthorpe's home. Valentine becomes well-versed in the business using his street smarts to achieve success and begins to act in a well-mannered way. The tables have turned. That so doesn't age well, does it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Somebody off the streets just yeah. understand the stock market. Well, no, the, 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 the term he, he's well-mannered. Like he gets better, he gets well well mannered, as though he was a savage before, because he's black and on the streets. I think that's kind of the like what you're supposed to see. It's kind of like how we thought of Native Americans when we came around. Right. Oh, I can't believe they walk around in their underwear and sleep in teepees. Oh my so, gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, civilize them. <laughs> I was actually just talking about this, like tell my wife I need to build a teepee for our son we just got went to rocking horse ranch oh yeah and they have teepees there oh yeah yeah it's like nice he loves playing in them i'm like i gotta build a teepee now anyway and then we also watched ernest goes camp (laughs) build the teepee so i'm like yeah i want to build a teepee so do you want to do that movie someday hell yes ernest goes to camp i have not watched one ernest movie you gotta watch ernest goes to camp are you kidding me I got my six-year-old running around saying, it's the worst. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you never watched Ernest Goes to Fucking Camp? Oh, that's Never watched Ernest Goes to Jail. Never watched Ernest Goes to wherever the fuck you else gotta, he goes. Ernest Saves Christmas. Never watched that one. All right, you got to watch Ernest Goes to Camp. Please, anybody listening right now, send in a comment and just put Ernest Goes to Camp so we can make him do that movie because we have to. 
Um, Maybe anyway, a future you know, franchise Friday. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I I would do it. <laughs> I'm gonna have a hell of a go time. Ahead. I will have a hell of a time guessing the budget and profit on those movies. So I can tell you that right now. Um, because it's hard to guess what video store sales are as far as profit when it's straight to video. Um, no, I was going to say, so when, uh, Valentine is in jail, cause I'm a karate man. Yeah. Yes. Karate man bruise on the inside. Don't show no weaknesses. Anyway. Um, <laughs> did you notice that they had the, the other guys in prison in jail with him? And they had to have the one token white guy. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And, did you see another person in that prison that cell that you might recognize? Yes. Um, I can't remember his name. Though. Who? I can't remember his name. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. The, um, the Gus Fring from breaking bad. Isn't that? Yes. So I remember there you name. go. All right. Just, yes, I did I'm glad you don't know. And I'm the guy who doesn't remember anything. I don't remember. I'm not good with names. A lot of times. Yeah, I will say that. Neither am I, I but that's okay. I only okay. remember your name because it's on the title of the fucking show. <laughs> I have to double check it before we record. And, and I'm like, what do I call him again? And the bottom of our screen where it says our names. Yeah, but um, so, I mean, I've, I've but, renamed you so yeah. many times. I call you different shit. <laughs> okay. Bad. So thing. Eddie Murphy in this prison cell, you're right. He's doing what we fell in love with him for. His ad-libbing, his funniness, his zaniness. We like that about him. Um, so I really like that, but I don't blame him for though, is when they bail him out and he meets those, the, the Duke, uh, the Mortimer's, the Mortimer or the Dukes, Randolph and Mortimer Duke. Um, I don't blame him for not trusting them because to him, they're just old white racist dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why would you up. even trust that dude? Um, and, but what I didn't like was when he asked the only other black guy in the car, the driver. Yeah. He does use the 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 word faggot. That yeah. was pretty. That was negative. Uh, you know, back in the eighties, that was the the gay panic man. This had it. That was it. It was there, man. Yeah. I mean that that was what it was. He thought these two guys were gay, and they were going to take him away and do gay things to him. That's I know. That's what he thought. And it's like again, there we go. Just like we said, they're using the n word in this movie. They're using that word in this movie. It's like it's got a little bit of everything. Maybe. Yeah, it's still a good movie, but that does yeah that that one is worse than the N word in my opinion, because at least the N word um, set the tone for what type of people they were. Racist white guys, we know that, right? They're old racist white dude. How white it was dudes. used, yes. This was this one just... was, yeah, yeah. This is more like that doesn't make sense, but in the eighties it did. I Me mean, honestly, right, it did right. because people had this gay panic thing. Like, you know, gay people for some reason were maligned and it was not right. So there you go. Yeah. So do you do you think uh, Valentine would be good at that job? Do you think he actually would as quickly as he did? I don't know. I mean, we don't know anything about him up to this point other than he's just, you know, pretending he doesn't have any legs. Uh, a hustler. Trying to get money. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, if just, you like. Yeah. I mean, the business world is a big hustle anyways. Most people aren't good at it. They're just good shit talking. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. His, but I think since they trade in commodities, I, I do like it that I think he would notice patterns. I mean, cause you know, that's what he does for a living is try to find weaknesses to take advantage of things. Right. That's really yeah. what a hustler does. Yeah. And I, and I could see him doing that. Like, and I think that's what he does right away. It makes them a lot of money. Already, like, what's what's the one say? He's like, he's already made us millions of dollars. You know, it's like, no, it was. What can well, you say? No, first because he broke their vase. Harry made him fifteen thousand dollars because of the insurance. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. You want me to break something else? Um, but then, then when no, he does that thing where he says sell it, yeah, yeah. No, they said in the beginning when um, Winthorpe had them put the buy in for pork bellies, he made them. What was it? Yes, three hundred thousand dollars. I think something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy um they didn't actually say he just said, "Do you know how much money he just saved us?" That's all they said there. Yeah. There's a lot of money though, I'm Dick sure. Figure, though. As much as they deal in. Yeah. Yeah, so that I like that, but he knows something's up. I mean, there's no way people just start giving you shit. Yeah. For nothing. 
There's no way I could have that happen to me and be like, okay, I mean, pretty I woman. can live in the new normal. He didn't just give her money for nothing. <laughs> that was a transaction, I mean, baby. Everything so, costs you know. something. And just like Ophelia tells us, yeah. food and rent aren't the only things that cost money in this apartment. Everything costs something. Yeah, everything costs something it. there. That was... Uh... Oh, yeah, because she closed her door when she took off her thing and you see her topless for a second. And then she's yep. like, everything costs... Yeah. No wonder why you remember that scene so well. <laughs> yep, no wonder. It's your favorite scene in the movie. Um, hey. Well, no, because she takes her that's all right. twice. She does it twice. Well, yeah. Which I don't know does. why the second time. I, guess, like, I don't know why she gets naked and gets into bed with him when he's drunk and wearing a fish-smelling Santa costume. You don't want to be naked beside that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, well, she, a she cared because she was worried about him. And a slice of prime rib in his pocket and he's had like three fourths of a bottle of whiskey <laughs> and you're going to get naked and lay down beside that. Well, yeah, that happens well, in the no, next no, section. Is sorry, that where he goes to the back. Christmas no, party? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's when he was just sick, but he was just all bundled up. He wasn't wearing the Santa outfit then. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. He... But then still, now, Valentine, you're, you're, gonna get, you're still going to get naked and lay down beside somebody with 103 fever. That's not good. Well, now you, you wouldn't because of a pandemic, but back not then you might have. You might have. Sick. Whatever you had, you're going to get it. No, you no, you wouldn't. She was caring for him. Back then, it was a little different. I understand. Plus, wouldn't you like her to roll up and spoon you topless? Like back then or now? Back then even. But, <laughs> like... but with your age now, like if you could go back in time and have Ophelia... Spoon you topless. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I see how it is. So um, I like Valentine. What was I'll that? Plead, I'll plead the fifth on that. It's a family show. That's okay. I know what that means. No, it's when not. you plead the fifth, that means you don't want to answer. That's the one that gets is most incriminating. Anyways, the Valentine. The first thing he does though is go out to his local little bar and invite all those people back to yeah. party. And I'll tell you what, if you wanted topless ladies, that was a bonanza, that party. Yeah, it was. Everyone was topless, it felt like. So, but yeah. So if you wanted that, I, I don't I don't, don't know if you'd be into that. Now, he does kick him out rather quickly. Do you think Valentine would have changed so quickly that he cared about that stuff? That's not even his stuff. Well, it is. They said like, it is. It's all yours. You'd just be stealing from yourself. Yes, right. <laughs> I'm sure... What would happen if the next day he fenced everything there? Well, that's what I would do. I would be renting. That's a storage, if I was him, I would I'd be renting a storage facility that day, <laughs> hauling as much shit as I can out of there. Then I'm gonna sell it to everything. Would be sold rather quickly, but, and I'd have cold hard cash. I'd have two hundred fifty bucks from Bo Diddley for all that shit because there's a serious markdown. Whatever, whatever I could get for it, I'd take it one item at a time. Yeah, serious markdown. 50 bucks for a watch that tells time in Stad. I'm sure there's another me? vase. That... Are you kidding me? <laughs> During the firm's Christmas party, Winthrop, Winthrop plants drugs in Valentine's desk, attempting to frame him and brandishes a gun to escape. Later, the Dukes discuss their experiment and settle their wager for, as Anthony already said, one dollar. They plot to return Valentine to the streets, but have no intention of taking back Winthorpe. Valentine overhears the conversation and seeks out Winthorpe, who has attempted suicide by overdosing on pills. Valentine, Ophelia, and Winthorpe's butler, Coleman, nurse him back to health and inform him of the experiment. Watching a television news broadcast, they learn that Beeks is transporting a secret United States Department of Agriculture report on orange crop forecasts, Winthorpe and Valentine recall large payments made to Beaks by the Dukes. They realize the Dukes will obtain their report early to corner the market on frozen, concentrated orange juice. So a lot of stuff there. A lot Lots. of stuff there. What do you got to say about that? Well, we got, uh, so didn't mention um, Valentine overhears him in the bathroom because he's in the bathroom getting high with the drugs that were planted in his desk because <laughs> he's thrown well, away yeah. all the shit. Takes one of the joints and just sticks it in his pocket. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna have that. Um, so we're fine. The Dukes are just pieces of shit. Hor like horrible people. Yeah. I mean, like I'm talking Paris Hilton bad when she dated Nick Carter. Like that kind of bad. Bad people. Really bad. Yeah. 
Heath not the not the Paris Hilton sex tape bad. No, that was bad though. Yeah, okay. Really Just bad. Just sure what's bad. Really bad. Really bad. Jeez. So bad. But their nature versus nurture argument worked as, in their eyes. The one guy became way better. The other guy was driven to crime. It didn't work in their so eyes. So the bet was worked, settled. It just worked in um, Randolph's eyes because he won the bet. Mortimer didn't think that that was... He bet against oh. it. So not in their eyes, just his. He won the bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they both just had his. fun doing it because they're assholes. Well, he paid up. He sure did. For one dollar. One dollar. For one dollar. How would you feel if you found out someone fucked your life over for one dollar? I got to tell you, though. This is what I always wondered. Because they said, you know, the usual amount. So I'm wondering how many $1 bets have they had and what's the lifetime score? Between yes. Them? Who's on top right now? I agree. I want to know that. I don't. I want to know if they've fucked other lives up. You know, oh, that's sure really what it is. I'm sure they have. Yeah. I, I think that they've done some things that are just not right. So I got to say that. I, 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 I would wonder if Penelope, maybe, maybe they got her with him for a dollar somehow i bet she'll fall in love with him for a dollar you know <laughs> i'd buy that for a dollar another thing i just wanted to mention coleman and say this earlier he's like the ultimate butler though yes but he but he look. was paid he by the duke no i'm just saying did you see those lobsters i'm just talking about his actual buttling skills oh those that, lobsters look oh, amazing oh, you know he's sitting there making <laughs> making uh Yes, I buttle. Um, making the dessert at the table and all that. Flambe. Yeah. And then dumping it out. So yeah, he was. Oh, he's great. He knows what I, I would love to have him as my personal butler and chef. It's, it'd be great. It'd be great. I, I, I would be, I'd be a big fan of that. I, I, you know, when you're here, that's kind of how I view you. Yeah, I know. I know. What? How do you know? Because that's how you are. You're that type of person. Yeah. Yeah. You are that type of person. You want a servant that will make you drinks. <laughs> yeah. So this is where this is where the Dukes actually use the hard N-word, isn't it? In the bathroom? Yes. Because that's when they're yeah. Yeah. And my and another one of my favorite things on this part is when Winthorpe is later on, he's on the on the bus and he's eating the salmon. And he's and it's in his beard. Yeah, and he's kind of eating his beard. Yeah, <laughs> in the salmon. <laughs> That's fucking gross. Oh man. Um. Yeah. I mean, just that whole that whole thing with him and the food stuffing and eating it later. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um. That was that was a good time. And then he tries to shoot himself. That was disgusting. But <laughs> and then throws the gun away and it goes off. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he's just lucky, I guess. Um, when it comes to that, you know, uh, cause that's just weird or he's unlucky cause he wanted that and he didn't get it. <laughs> you know, it's just how things are going right. for him. You know, I'm Luckily, surprised someone to get shot when he threw it and it went off. I know it, it went through a car windshield. It sounded like hit something, hit something, you know, a gun, gun fires. It's got to hit something. But yeah, the, the whole, the whole Winthor, I just think his whole fall um was was uh was brilliant and but you know him trying to take his own life but he does end up taking those pills and and he does try you think um it's kind I mean, of funny that's not good well you would think on one hand that nobody's gonna turn to like to destitute santa eating fish out of his beard that quick yeah because this hasn't gone on that long but at the same time you do realize winthorpe <laughs> has never done anything for himself his entire life and can't function. Yeah. So a drunk gun toting Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a pocket full of prime rib. Pocket full of prime rib, baby. Yeah, he's living high on the hog right there, or high on the cow, really. So yeah. That that was uh interesting. New Year's Eve, uh the four characters board Beaks Train in Disguise after they listened into the phone call, finding out what was going on, intending to switch the original report with a forgery that predicts low orange crop yields. Beaks uncovers their scheme and attempts to kill them, but is knocked unconscious by a gorilla being transported on the train. The four disguised Beaks with a gorilla costume, having been stripped off of Belushi, 
and Kate uh, put him <laughs> in with the real gorilla. They fall in love. The group deliver the forge report to the Dukes in Beak's place after sharing a kiss with Ophelia after she takes her gum out. Winthorpe travels to New York City with Valentine carrying with them Coleman and Ophelia's life savings to carry out their plan. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. That is awesome. Now, I'm just going to say what I, I learned everything I need to know about commodities, I think, from this movie back in the day. Like how commodity trading works and all that. Like yeah. I watched this and it's actually fairly accurate as Buy to low, how sell high. what's traded. There are really pork bellies. There are really co- there are these things that people buy and sell like that. So it's very interesting. If you watch this movie, it's kind of informative, really. And there is even a law made. I think I have a fact here. Hold on. There was even a law made called the Valentine Law, I think. Yeah. The uh, It's called the Eddie Murphy Rule. In 2010, the banning of using misappropriated government information for commodity, mar- commodity markets trading was still not technically illegal. So what they were doing, see, the thing is, what they were doing wasn't illegal. Yeah. Remember that. Frowned they weren't. Upon. They just didn't want other people to find it. Right. Um, so they were more, they more were manipulated into using bad information is what really happened. The Eddie Murphy rule went into effect as a part of the Wall Street Transparency and Accountability Act of the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. In trading places, the Duke brothers used insider info from a not-yet-released USDA report that sort of orange crops are lowering in value to buy frozen concentrated orange juice futures. The problem for them was that Aykroyd and Murphy wrote the fake report. It wasn't that it was illegal. So now it's illegal to do what, what they did. Which it should be. But when this movie was made, they were legit. They could, they could get a hold of that. They could do those things. That's crazy. So it's kind of makes you like, think like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh man. Hey, I, I got a question for you. Uh getting back to this. Do people dress up in costumes for New Year's Eve? Not that I'm aware of. I don't know what the deal was with that. The party. Yeah. I've never heard of that. A costume party. I never had heard of that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That is weird. I never Yeah, I never had heard of that at all. I never heard it all. Now, do you think um when they were getting in the train car with beaks to change out the report, they were actually trying to be the things they were dressed up as not right. in costume. Not part of the costume they? party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you think it was a bad move? Now yes. looking back yes. on it, that we have yes. black, yes. black face. Yes. 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 Or, or is it acceptable because Eddie Murphy was in the scene with them? I don't know. Does that, I don't know that that, okay. I don't think that makes it okay. No, it depends on how you're doing it is, is how it comes down to, are you making light of a culture and, and putting it down by doing it? Or are you just, you know, being that culture and just doing your thing? I I guess that really, I'll say, I don't think they were uplifting the culture by doing it. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. (laughs) So it was bad. It was bad. (laughs) Just here's the thing. Here's my thing. Don't ever do blackface. Um, unless you're doing the movie soul man no enough said don't ever do it <laughs> because no matter what your intentions are it it's just not won't look right yes no <laughs> night patrol oh. or night patrol yes yeah now i will say um when they get there and they and they get the report handed off you see the twin towers pretty prominently there don't you yep. Because, yep. you know, that's where all the trading's done. Was done. Yeah. It's it's so weird how many movies those were in. Um, now Twin when you Towers? look back, you're like, gosh, it's in every one of them. Twin Towers or Blackface? <laughs> well, a little bit of both. Twin Towers, though. The the the, the yeah. uh, tra- World Trade Centers. Yeah. <laughs> I But uh, one of the things I like about this is that they're using the report to both ruin the Dukes but gain financially. I really like that. I like how... I the only thing I mean you know, I well I would like to know more about how they use short selling because yeah. that is a thing right to gain money I wish I knew more about that he does explain it I'd have to watch it three more times before I probably get it though so there's that <laughs> on the commodities trading floor the Dukes commit their holdings to buying frozen concentrated orange juice futures contracts 
legally committing themselves to buying the commodity at a later date. Other traders follow their lead, driving the price up. Valentine and Winthorpe short sell Juice Futures contracts at the inflated price following the broadcast of the actual crop report and its prediction of a normal harvest the price of juice futures plummets valentine and winthorpe buy at the lower price from everyone except the dukes fulfilling the contracts they had short sold earlier and turning an immense profit it's like i don't even understand that after the closing bell valentine and winthorpe explained to the dukes that they made a wager on whether they could get rich and make the Dukes poor at the same time, and Valentine collects $1 from Winthorpe. When the Dukes prove unable to supply the $394 million required to satisfy their margin call, the exchange manager orders their seats sold and their corporate and personal assets confiscated, effectively bankrupting them. Randolph collapses, holding his chest, and Mortimer shouts at the others, demanding the floor be reopened. Fuck him! In a futile plea to re- Fuck him to recoup their losses. <laughs> now, the now wealthy Valentine, Winthorpe, Ophelia, and Coleman vacation on a tropical beach while Beaks and the gorilla are loaded onto a ship bound for Africa. <laughs> so there you go. So the whole the short selling. So is it okay? So so they they promised to buy it because they thought it was going to be strong at a really high price. Yeah, it was one forty two, and it closed at twenty nine. I think it was at one forty two, and. They oh, promised to one forty two. I forget. Sorry. See, I don't understand the whole short selling aspect of it. So, so are they somehow they're making money? Like, are did they buy a bunch at sh- at a lower price with the promise of selling people to people who were already going at the at the higher number, and that's how they did it? Well, they bought in at the twenty nine and then sold to everyone else at the hundred and hundred and fifty. I think that's what they did. Who the Dukes? The Valentine and Winthorpe. No, yeah, Valentine and Winthorpe. Like, yeah, yeah. The Dukes so, promised to pay a hundred and forty. Right, right. Right. So they like they were I still don't know how that works. But yeah, it's kinda like you're selling it. That's what I'm trying to say. I think buying they're buying it at the lowest amount. When you're, they're yeah. buying back when everybody's panicking and that offsets yes. that and then yes. So yeah. So I, I was like, man, that they must I wonder how much money they did make. If they lost three hundred and ninety four, that means they must have made Right. A lot of money, but they well, didn't have that much. I, mean, I don't, I know her. they had the 40 grand from her and then whatever Coleman's life savings was, which who knows? Who got, hey, working for them. That could have been, I don't know the money. Cause he might've, well, remember the other, stole. the other guy got his Christmas bonus. It was five bucks. So That's I don't right, know. You're right, man. The fucking $5 Christmas bonus. Half of it's from That's me. a slap in the face. I'm just going to tell anybody out there, if you listen to our podcast and you're an employer and you're thinking, should I give this person the $10 gift certificate to uh, Walmart as a bonus? The Bath and Beyond. Rethink your decision and either up it or just give them a thoughtful card. Because a thoughtful card, at least, is something that says you thought about it, thought about them. You give them $10, that means that's how much you valued them. You see what I mean? Don't do that. Don't, yeah, when you put a money amount in there that's small, that's how much you valued them. So just rethink that decision when you're thinking of doing that. Anything is that in my world, and not any bonus is good. Some bonuses have a bad taste, you know. So, but I do like the explanations by Winthorpe. Like I said, he explains everything except for I still don't understand it. So, you know, yeah, just don't understand it. Um, so, and I well, want to know about you need to bankrupting. Go, watch, go ahead. You need to go watch the big short again. Cause they explain it all too. <laughs> yeah. But you get, yeah, it but that's different. Isn't it? Or is that the same thing? Yeah. They explain it. And I think they, it's, they explain it when Margot Robbie's in a tub. Okay. Remember? So I have to watch it. <laughs> I have to watch it. The, so in real life, two rich old white dudes, do you think they would be bankrupted that quickly? What do you mean? I mean, I don't know how that works. They have to settle. Do you think the that the trading floor that? But do you think the trading floor has the right to just seize your assets like that? Or I don't see why not. If you can't settle at the end of trading, true. I'm guessing it causes more of a catastrophic meltdown in the market than than what the what they say. You know. So you know uh-huh. what it is. I think I figured it out. 
the way it worked was all those people, including the Dukes, bought those concentrated orange juice futures at that high price. And everyone else was trying to get out of it after they bought in short. So what happens is they only bought from the people, everybody except for the Dukes, they bought theirs so that the Dukes had to acquire their loss. That's what it was. That's what it was. I'll just make sure. I I, I got it now. So, okay. so hey, there we go. I got it. Yay me. I always wonder. But like, they didn't They wouldn't lose their shit. You've seen on the training floor, it's just mass clusterfuck of chaos. People with slips. In their how head. do they know what the fuck how is going does anybody, on? I know. And people giving hand signs. I'm like, how the hell does anything actually get done? Like, how does that work? I bet now it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around on their computers. Phone just, you yeah. know. It is. Yeah, just on their little phone. Just, yeah. Yeah, you can you can trade you and I could be playing the market right now, but we're yeah, not doing it. We're not. We'd be bad at it. <laughs> eh, probably, probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh people who are good at it have a talent, I guess. I mean, I, I'll call it that. But I've always thought money makes money, right? Like people who have money, it's a lot easier because they can take a little bit of a loss. They can take more swings to get right. the home run than you and I can. But also when you're investing in things that you know are gonna go up, even if it's like minimal gains it's still a lot of oh yeah you have enough to invest oh like yeah a rich person invests three million in apple or amazon four years from now they're gonna have a lot more money you know you and i we put a thousand bucks in there it's not gonna be like they are right and it take a long time for our money to grow to those proportions that's why the rich get richer but then also it could drop <laughs> and you freak out because you lose 400 bucks in a day and you're like shit i better sell and then people get, but which they don't freak out because they right. have millions. They so losses. safety nets are nice to have. Um, and I think this movie is a commentary on like, you know, inequality. <laughs> it's totally, it totally is income inequality. It's just a big one. It's how it all starts. You have one guy who had no income and one guy who had weighed too much and they balanced it out in the end in this movie, but it still didn't say, anything about how the person you know the nature versus nurture how the guy started off to where he was like i said that's more of a social construct that put him in where he's at so yeah kind of sad now um beaks going to africa love it i mean how do you feel love it okay (laughs) i guess yeah i think that's funny like they're like prick one gorilla two gorillas he seems to like him they seem to be in love or whatever they said (laughs) i don't care Here's the thing with him. He's just an asshole. You see him tell the lady to fuck off at the phone booth, all stuff. The thing is with that, that's he would do that to anybody else in a second and not think twice about it. He would duct tape their mouth and ship them. Oh, no, he would and not fucking care. So that's why it's okay. And let him get fucked by a gorilla. Yeah. Yes. He would totally let them do that. Um, do you like the Caribbean ending? I do. Lobster or crack crab? That made me miss... Made me miss, or both. It made me miss cruising. I'm just going to tell you that. I miss cruising Yeah, I because know. of that. Because cruising, I've been to the Caribbean like three times doing but, that. And that was funny. And I think. Well, I love that Coleman is rich now too. That's the happy ending. That's the true happy ending. But You're right. Here I am. Coleman I mean, and Valentine both have women there. It's just like, just because you got money or how did you meet these people? Where'd they come from? Are they gold diggers? Yeah, you just Who all of a sudden. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree, and, man. And another thing here is Winthorpe is with Ophelia now, but are the did they all split the money? Because this was Coleman and Ophelia's money that they used to fund this little shindig. So how Well, that- he gets his Winthorpe gets his uh commission, I'm sure, whatever that is. You know. He's going to get his member. They explained what the commission was to uh, to Eddie Murphy. He said, either way, we make money on the trade because they you get the, the amount of the value from the people. So what I'm, I'm guessing that's what happened with If they made him. like millions of dollars, whatever, do they all just equally share it then? Was that the plan? I bet so. Because okay. it was a... Uh, because without, without uh, Winthorpe, they wouldn't have been able to do it, is my thing. Right. You know, they needed his expertise and Valentine never been on that floor. He had to learn. Yeah. 
you know, in 10 seconds. Yeah, in the two days he'd been doing what he's doing, he wasn't a superstar yet. He had to learn it in 10 seconds <laughs> walking know. up to the doors. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's exactly what he did. He gave him yeah. a... He gave him the pop uh, pop quiz or whatever you call the it. The Cliff's notes on day trading. A cram session. Yeah. Are you ready to do some generics or not generics? Some six packs. Some six. Some pack. happy stuff. Let's do it. All right, my first one. <laughs> I don't know why. There's just always it's so bad, but look at that S car go. Oh, that, that dumb horrible. joke. I always wanted to get a car. A big yes. S on each side. And on the top, I want another big S. When it, people see that car down the street, I want them to say, look at that S car go. Awesomely bad joke. That's the worst joke. It is, I know. Love it. The worst. That's, that's a worse. dad joke. That's worse than and a dad was, joke. Yeah, that's, that's a shit dad joke. All right, I got one for you. When Muffy tells him she wants him. I love that scene. I want you, Lewis. Nah. And it's like Coleman. <laughs> it's like it's like it's we'll just so drinks. stuffy. We'll have our drinks in the living room. It's Yeah, it's like so stuffy. Like I mean that's there's no uh it's like so I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's passion to them. I guess that's passion to them. It doesn't feel passionate. I don't know. Right. Just doesn't feel it. You know what I mean? Are you ready? Couple. That's what happens when you're a power couple. <laughs> oh, power couples, you plan your sex yeah, time. Apparently. <laughs> All right. All right, here you go. I just mentioned this, but Coleman at the end getting rich. Like, yes. I'm glad it worked out for everybody, but Coleman, I'm like, that's awesome. He's got a hot woman with him. He's rich. He can retire. After all the shit he's probably been through over the years, good for Coleman. The only thing I will put it, but earlier on in the movie, he gets that phone call from the Dukes and yeah. he, and he does what they ask him to do, despite knowing that it's cruel and mean. Well, here's the you thing. Know, with so I know, but he works for them, so he has to, but also you think about how he's been treated. Does by, he? The moral, don't you have a moral code? Come on, man. But look at how he's been treated by Winthorpe. Probably like shit for years. No, I mean, everyone's treated him like shit. Yes. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to do it, but yes, not going to be that sad about it. I think it's one of those things. Everyone's an asshole to him. So he's like, fuck it. <laughs> so get someone new in here. All right. I got you. I got you. Here we go. Probably saying this before you do, but just Jamie Lee Curtis in general. <laughs> she's uh in general. She's oh, uh don't even say in general. In that general. What you mean. She's, a, I was going to say, she's a hot little piece in this movie. She does some good acting. She does some <laughs> of it with her clothes on. Some oh my of it God. With her Why don't you on. just say it out loud and just be done with it? I, I enjoyed Jamie Lee Curtis in this film. She looked nice. Wow. Ophelia. That's, that's how you're going to, you want to. Ophelia. Yeah. You do want to feel yeah. it. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Are you ready for no, your last No, you're not. Are you for your, is it your. Good God, dude. Really? I am a nice guy. All right. So it is what it is. Seeing the Dukes get ruined. Oh. An ultimate revenge. Is that a... Those racist piece of shit assholes. I loved seeing them get ruined. I thought you were going to... I thought JLC's uh, breasts were the Dukes for a second in your... (laughs) Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, no, you're right. Seeing the most racist piece of shits in the movie get their comeuppance is nice because they were. But I think that was part. Like I said, I think they were pretty savvy and and at that time making them say the worst things they could by a rich white guy. Yeah. And even now, it plays well to that because it's being, still pretty shitty. Being okay to just screw with people's lives like that is just insane. But. Now, I know we've already done this movie before. It makes you wonder. We got I think we gotta make that mention. Um coming to America. Yeah. When he gives them the money and you see it's them. Yeah. And it was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the little you know, like we're back. The empty many party, years yeah. later. McDowell's bag full of cash. And it was like what, two hundred and fifty grand or something crazy in there. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot that's a lot of money, but not enough to Thank be where they were. Right. But they're back. 
Yeah. Which always made you wonder if there was going to be some sort of sequel, but never happened. All right. So I got my last one here. And my last one is obvious. It's going to be another person. It's Eddie Murphy. Because this is one of those movies that back in the day was big because of him. Um, I mean, Dan Aykroyd had a great performance. I don't want to... This is probably his best movie he's ever done, in my opinion. Um, unless you count Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. But I don't... I think that's more of a Bill Murray movie, in my opinion. I, I don't know. My Girl uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis as well. You, okay. Uh, I, I, like I, I don't know. I thought this is... Sam? Okay. Eddie... But Blues Brothers probably is the, the argument you should make. Um, but Eddie Murphy was okay. excellent in this, and it put him on the map for everyone. And so, and after this, it was Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. He had 48 Hours, you know, Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. You name it. Every, anything that could come out with him in it. Raw. Raw. raw you know, Eddie Murphy, Raw. How big was that? That was then? huge. I mean, just crazy. That was huge. So, yeah, I mean, he was just big. He was just big. All right. So, are we ready for generics? Generics. Ready. All right. Uh, first one would be the police brutality or, you know, chasing, you know, innocent black guys around places is always fun. So I think that's that is not a good thing. Brutality? At all. They didn't hit him. Well, they pushed him around. He was on the ground. I mean, I'm not just, you know, they didn't push they, him they around. Were, they put their hands about? on him. In the in the Heritage Club, they didn't like get physical with them at all. I thought they. I'm not saying like beat, but you know, no. You know, I mean, grabbed they just, onto an innocent person. That's they just that's brutality. Drew 14 guns on his face. Yeah, okay, that's brutal. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's a, I'm just saying there's some you know the 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 police behaviors in this framing uh, people. Yeah. Um, you know, all that, like the one cop being paid off and framing like there, there's some just some, you know, things that now in today's world we go, we when we're skittish about police, when you watch this, it makes you go, there you go. You know, right. That type of thing. Are you ready for yours? Ready. Um, I mean, the just the N word, blackface, obvious stuff. Not yeah. cool to see. I get, you know, I get, like you said earlier, using the language in the movie, it's to drive home how out of touch and racist the Dukes are. But still, hearing that, it's just cringy. Yeah, and the and I'll, I'll throw into yours, the, the gay panic stuff is in there as well. Yes, that just too. Some things that didn't age well, right? Some right. things. All right, so I got some facts for you. All right. Um, the screenwriter... Tim Timothy Harris, he explained there were these two brothers who were both actors who I'd play tennis with on a fairly regular basis, and they were incredibly irritating to play with because they had a major sibling rivalry going all the time about everything. He presented, presented the idea of brothers arguing the nature versus nurture debate as his writing partner, Herschel Weingrod, and the two went to work. So basically, he knew these two people that were so competitive he that's what the impetus of this came from so interesting all right here's a good one for you who do you think was originally supposed to play eddie murphy's role you know i feel like i heard about this before but i don't remember you'll know when i say uh richard pryor was originally attached but as director john landis put it he then unfortunately set himself on fire that was when he set himself on his hair on fire or something like that yeah yeah um now, when it came to casting, Landis said what really got him in trouble was Jamie Lee Curtis because up to that point, she had only done horror pictures, but Jamie did a terrific job. She somehow made her part, the hooker with the heart of gold, almost believable. There you go. Almost. And I told you about Giancarlo Esposito being in there. Um, he had some things to say about working with Eddie Murphy. He said he was in awe of him, and at that time probably was a little jealous of Eddie Murphy because you work all your, your early career to be a dramatic actor. And then this guy, a comedian with an affable personality, who's incredibly talented, just shoots right by you to start him. But that day we became friends. So they were, they became friends. You already talked about Bo Diddley 
And that's it. That's it. Because you talked about Bo Diddley and stuff like that. Well, here's the thing. Bo Diddley played a pawnbroker. Jim Belushi, as you said, played the gorilla costume. Al Franken, who was a senator and a writer for SNL, and Tom Davis played baggage handlers. And Frank Oz played a police officer. And Kelly Curtis, Jamie Lee's sister, played Muffy. That was her sister. So there you go. So there's your fact. And now that's it. Are you ready to rate the bitch? Let's rate it. This is, it is a great comedy. Um, You know, it's very entertaining. Like it is entertaining start to finish. It obviously there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't fly today. So that's tough to watch. And it's hard. Like you want to knock it a lot because of that. But at the same time, you just, I mean, you, you almost, to be fair when rating it, you have to know that there were certain things allowed back then that even though it wasn't right, that's, it is what it is. So, you know, I don't want to knock it too much for that, but this is a very solid comedy. I love it. Um, overall, I'm just going to say I give it 17 cans. Hmm. Nice. All right. There you go. So he's right. I do like this movie. I really enjoy this movie. What I like about it is you get to see Eddie being Eddie, like almost for the first time. Just um, what you like about it. Starring role is Jamie Lee Curtis. Let's just start off with that. I haven't gotten there yet. Could you just let me say what I'm saying? I'm going to say how many Eddie. Look, how many cans are you going to get the movie just for that? Just for her cans. How many cans are you going to get the movie? Like right off the bat. Well, one for each can, <laughs> one for each can. So, anyways, well, that's four. You get Eddie got, beat Eddie. Pop off twice, so that's four cans. You get okay, we're at four. Be- <laughs> Let me finish my. <laughs> you get the best of Dan Aykroyd, in my opinion. I think this is one of his best roles. I mean, other than the Blues Brothers, um, you get a hot Jamie Lee Curtis because yes, you get Mr. Vernon sexually assaulted by a gorilla. Um, Yes, there is some gay panic and gay bashing, kind of. Yes, they use bad terms for African-Americans. And yes, there's a blackface appearance. I take all that into account when I give it 18.25 cans. Oh, here we go again with the stupid decimals. So, yes. Yes. With the stupid decimals. So, we are at an average score. Of 17.625 cans. That's not bad. That's good. I mean, I'll tell you this. If we were rating just the topless scene with Jamie Lee Curtis, how many of the 24 cans would you give it? Just that scene? Yes. I give it two kegs. Two kegs? That's (laughs) that's more than 24 cans. So he's saying it's a perfect score. That's what I'm saying. So that's what we're saying. It's like, you know, some of the parts are greater the sum of the parts are greater than the whole is what we're saying. There's some things that are detractors, like we said. But yeah. that is it. That's what we think about it. What would you want the people to do? Don't judge us for being too perverted. We don't mean to be, again, it's, sorry, one of the best nude scenes ever in all of cinema. Would you agree? Not saying it in a perverted way. I would way. say that. Was... I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, you, it's tasteful. Just, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. Okay. Nothing's too revealing in that movie that she's wearing. And then you see that you're like, Oh my God. When you first saw that, you're like, really good for you, Jamie Lee. Like that's, I'm just saying, I think it would be hard to do to do a top five nude scenes of all time. That'd be hard. (laughs) But here's the thing. Some of them you wouldn't like, like, you know, one of the, the most memorable nude scenes is the end of boogie nights. When you finally get to see the thing (laughs) thing. and it's like, but do I like that? No. But is it memorable? Yes. (laughs) Haunts your dreams. All right. So to wrap up, um, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate it. Tell your friends and check us out. Go to the website, leave comments, let us know any movies you would like us to do. And we will be happy to check that out. God bless. Yes. And I don't know. Don't dress up in blackface if there's one thing we want to say. That too. Ever.